0: Hello everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Welcome to the Beauty of Video Games Volume 4, The Art of a Character. In this volume, we're going to be discussing about art and characters and how they work so well together. But joining me to discuss about characters are two of my good friends from the Nintendo Domain Podcast. Yes, everybody. Please welcome Trey and John. Hi, guys. Uh,
1: John's not here tonight, actually. It's yet. Jeremy, actually.
2: Jeremy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, you got the first letter right, at least. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah. Hey, we're here from Nintendo, Main. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've, uh, we've had you. Uh, we've, uh, yeah. We've, we were, yeah. Um. What's
2: up? <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah, it's Jeremy from Nintendo Maine. Uh, not John. I'm Jeremy. I wish John could be here. I think John's He's preoccupied working. right now. But yeah.
0: We're here we're
2: here to talk about uh so like the artistic design of characters or the how that works within the beauty of
0: No, we're actually going to be just talking about characters. We're not even okay. to touched art yet. Uh no,
2: I, Yeah, okay, I was, okay
1: when I was uh kind of preparing something in my head to say. I was like just thinking of a couple guys that I could talk about and all that. Yeah but, but yeah, I mean what uh there's I mean there's a lot you can say about characters for sure. So for yes. sure. plenty to discuss.
0: Well before we actually get into the uh discussion, uh Trey, I'm gonna ask you first. Uh tell us a little bit about your gaming history.
1: Uh, my gaming history, uh well, um, you know, I've been playing games for a very, very long time. Uh, My family had a Commodore 64 when I was really young. I remember that. Uh, That was probably one of the first systems maybe that we got. Um, uh, I had an NES, of course, uh, you know, and basically became Nintendo from that. Actually, I think Super Nintendo was really where I super, super got into it. Probably after I played, like, Final Fantasy VI and stuff like that, like, really got me into it. But, uh, but yeah, I've been playing games since, uh, I don't know, since since my, my single digits, you know. Um, my favorite games are RPGs, of course, uh, of all types, uh, action, turn-based, that type of thing. Um, I'm a huge. I, I play the Switch more than anything else. That's like my main system because I play stuff for our show for Nintendo main, and I stream on uh, Twitch, Twitch TV slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I've been playing mostly Ease uh, Eight right now, but I yeah, think
0: I've been watching the stream. I'm just like. This game is so beautiful, but I can't pick it up just yet. I, I really want to. I am picking it up. I'm planning on it. There's just so much other stuff that I got to get through yeah. before I can go pick it up.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. I just kind of like it was hard for me to to switch from one thing to another RPG wise. So I'm like, I'm just gonna play Ease 8 until I beat it, and then I'll go. Then I'll go play Octopath, even though like Dragon Quest Eleven comes out next week. So. That's gonna be that's gonna be a hard hard to like share Octopath and Dragon Quest eleven at the same time, but uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm planning on st- streaming some PlayStation four stuff when that comes out also, so I'm gonna gonna dip on dip on the other side. Yeah!
2: Wow! Yeah! Yeah!
0: I'm well, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, uh Dragon uh, Quest eleven. I am buying it, but yeah. I'm putting it on the shelf. I'm not playing it until like, I get all this other stuff because I got to do Spider Man. So uh, yeah, what's on there with yeah. Spider Man drop in eleven?
2: Yeah. Is that coming out soon, or is that already out? That's it some more weeks.
1: Okay. Now Spider-Man and Spider-Man and uh, Dragon, Dragon Quest 11 come out like a few days apart. It's ridiculous. Like Dragon That's Quest comes out on Tuesday and Spider-Man comes out on Friday. So
2: Spider-Man's pretty huge hype. Like it was like one of the biggest things at E3, right, as far as the yeah. console games go.
1: The past like 3 E3s, I feel like yeah. <laughs> That's the way uh, PlayStation does things. But uh yeah, no, I wanted to get both of them, but I don't know if I can afford to get both of them in the same week, so so it'll be—I mean, 100% Dragon Quest, just because you know I love that series, and I can't—I can't wait. Like I'd love to wait for the Switch version, but there's no announced date, so it's like I'm just gonna have to just get it.
0: But you know what? I'm fine with <laughs> like, that because the world ends with you comes in October, and that's just ruining my Dragon Quest 11 playing time. So I'm
1: just like, yeah, You just beat it before then, right? <laughs> if it's possible.
0: It's Dragon Quest 11. That's that's gonna take me five five weeks to beat.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, depends. I mean, some ones are longer than others. Hopefully it's not as long as 7. Like, 7 was like over 100 hours. I did beat that game, but it's long. It's long as fuck. And <laughs> I am not how I did that. I'm not, I, I don't know how I found time to beat a 100-hour RPG, but you know, somehow. <laughs> I think because it was on 3DS, I just played it a lot instead of sleeping in bed.
0: So Do a, a one-play <laughs> through a Persona 3 FES. You'll hit $100 with ease.
1: Yeah, supposedly played uh Persona 5's hundred hours too. I think they're all like over hundred hours. Oh, I gotta finish. Like five, five. I, think.
2: I actually own Persona Five and I've barely played it. But I have it.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jeremy, uh what's your me history?
2: Uh so I started playing um, my earliest gaming memories are watching my dad play arcade games um, when I was, in like, sitting in a stroller. Like, I have, like, little flashes of memories of him playing, like, uh, Dragon's Lair back in the, you know, the early 80s. And, like, yeah. he, play- he played a lot of Galaga. And then, like, um, so that's, like, kind of how I remember it. And then uh, my babysitter, who was also my, like, older cousin, she had a Atari. And I remember, like... Uh, playing a lot of pitfall. Like I loved pitfall and I loved, um, berserker. Like those were my two favorite games on Atari back when I was really little. And I played the hell out of those games. And like, I remember like when I heard the mash theme, which a lot of people make that joke when they hear like the, the, the song from mash playing, like uh-huh. it was bedtime. And she was like really into mash my cousin. So like I'd hear mash and she'd be like, all right, well you gotta go lay down. We can't play any more Atari. So like, that's like my earliest memories are definitely the Atari. And then, you know, Moving on, I uh, went to like some friend's house, cousin's house growing up, and a few different cousins had the NES. And the first time I played Mario Brothers, I was like, holy shit, this is my game. Like, This is the game I'm supposed to be playing. Um, we didn't actually get a Nintendo until I was like nine, so it would have been the early 90s. It had been out for a few years. And it was actually like a year before the Super Nintendo came out. So I had a little bit of quality time with the Nintendo, but we had a Super Nintendo pretty soon after launch, I'd say. Within like six months, my dad had found one at a pawn shop pretty cheap.
0: Oh, nice.
2: So he got a hold of that, and uh, we got a Game Genie, we got Bubsy, we got Super Ooh. Castlevania 4, we got uh, Final Fantasy 4, or Final Fantasy 2, and uh, yeah, we got like a bunch of great games like from the get-go with the Super Nintendo, so I had a really nice intro to that round. And for the longest time, and maybe even now I would say the Super Nintendo is my favorite console, oh. but... I don't know. I like the Switch a lot and I like the Wii U a lot, but in a way they're both spiritual sequels to the Super Nintendo. So okay. when it all comes down to it, I'm still like that's my that's my gaming DNA is the Super Nintendo, the slightly improved graphics, the definitely the heavily improved music, but still working within those limitations and getting a lot of cool gameplay, especially those old RPGs like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy two and three and even Mystic Quest. I love Mystic Quest and uh, Illusion of Gaia. I loved that game. I played that a lot. Um, yeah. And then of course, Mario, all the Mario games and Star Fox. I was really into Star Fox, uh, Mario Kart. So yeah, my history is pretty much, yeah, Nintendo. Once I could play Nintendo, I was very eager to be a Nintendo fanboy. Um, didn't even consider the Sega route. Had friends uh, that had Segas that talked Talked it up a lot, but um, eventually we got a Game Gear and it was a similar thing. Like my dad found him at a pawn shop. It was a Game Boy and a Game Gear and he bought them together for like a really cheap price, I guess. And So that was like I had a Game Gear for a while and um, that was okay. I played on that. I played Sonic 2 mm-hmm. and I played that all the way through and beat it. And then I played, uh, which I think was the same one that was on like not on Sega Genesis, but whatever the system was before that. The Sega system. Oh, the Sega think Master that, system. Yeah, I think it, it was the same. That game converted to the Game Gear. Yeah, yeah. So I played through. I played all the way through that, and then I played a lot of Spider-Man: Sinister Six. Yeah. For whatever reason, that was just a game we had, and
1: that was an I, NES game. Well, I'm sure it was a Master System the game, also, but yeah, that game.
2: Played the heck out of that on the Sega Game Gear, and then the rest is history. Like you know, got a 64. Eventually, by the time GameCube came out, I was in college, and that's when Trey and I kind of. Became good friends around that time, and the GameCube, um,
0: that's my jam. That's my single no choice. We and we
2: went on. A, I mean, we went on a quest to find our Game Cubes. You know, we we've got that memory that we established
1: together. So yeah, we went on that, a GameCube hunt. It was fun.
2: That's kind of where we like. I think we really solidified our our gaming friendship yeah. is with that GameCube hunt.
1: Yeah, we were looking, and that's where the thirty two X running joke came from. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we would we would like make jokes about asking people for other systems like older systems you know because we go to places and ask them if they have GameCubes and everybody's like no no they're like well we should start asking about other things like like you got a 30 you got a 32x mm-hmm. master systems but yeah it was a 32x became a running joke and i think i even broke bought a broken 32x for jeremy for one year and yeah bought me a doom 32x as well so it's been kind of a running joke thing yeah <laughs> oh, wow. I, I i have a genesis now but i thought about getting an actual 32x but
2: yeah, I have a yeah, I have a Genesis now. I love it.
1: Yeah, that's a whole other plug for uh. Uh-huh. I have I have lots of plugs going on in in my office here. So it's another it's another spot on the wall I gotta find for that. <laughs> I love the I Genesis the plug too. Yeah,
2: but somewhere in my my adult years is when I became. I'd say within the past three or four years is when I started being like, I'm going to collect all this stuff now. I'm yep. gonna get it all back. And um, unfortunately, I don't have all my old Super Nintendo RPGs. I sold those in a a time of financial dire straits. Yeah. But
1: I did. I've been too. getting all my consoles back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talked about that as well. Like later in life, how we both like sold a lot of our Super Nintendo games at a you know desperate times, which is mm-hmm. you're not you know you're not really proud of that, but sometimes you have to do that, I guess. For... But
2: at least I sold them, you know. I sold them on eBay and got good money for them. It wasn't like I went to a pawn shop and just liquidated them or something. I mean, I, I still went through the the process of listing them and yeah. getting what I think they were worth out of them. But mm. I still was so sad to get rid of Chrono Trigger. Oh. I think even my my eBay listing was like, I'm crying while I write this listing. Like, yeah. this cartridge meant so much to me. Like, this has my original save file on it from when I was 14 years old or whatever when I first started playing it.
1: Yeah. A travesty. <sighs> Still, just, just a travesty. That, was, that was like that was like when I sold my Super Metroid cartridge because it had my my like ninety minute run through that I did in high school in there with the uh, you know with the secret ending and all that and I was like uh, yeah I was really proud of that save I worked hard for that and I fucking sold it and now I rebought rebought it as a Famicom game as Super Famicom because those are way cheaper but it doesn't have that save on there it doesn't have my hour and a half save. on there <laughs> I'd have to, try to do it again. I mean, I don't... I, I in no way know the game as well as I did in high school, but... It,
0: it's funny that you mentioned uh, Super Metroid. Uh, me and my friend Larry, we was talking about it and had a discussion, not so much as an argument. And I was just like, you know what? If I was going to remake Super Metroid, um, I would have, like, way it, do it. Because I, I think right now... That needs to kind of be upgraded, and not the other Metroid games. Um,
1: no, i I think that they should just not ever do anything with that game. You know, I, it is. I don't want it to be remade. I I, lo- I think it's perfect the way it is. I don't think there's any problems with it, and I don't want I don't want anybody to remake it. Really, I mean, don't.
2: I don't think it would go well unless
1: leave Super Metroid alone. Just let unless
2: it... you can <laughs> leave Super Metroid alone. If you uh. I don't know if you made it a Metroid Prime style game and just use those same bosses and stuff, but that would still be a complete reimagining of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't just make. I I don't want a
2: Samus Returns type Super
1: Metroid. No, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One that's super hard and all that. I mean, I, 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 uh, I, you know, I, I like put my nose to the grindstone and made it through that game. It does get a lot more fun later when you get stronger, but it's definitely the point of entry is pretty difficult for a it
0: like the original version.
1: Yeah, true. Well, I mean, I beat the original version way quicker than I beat the 3DS version, so, you know. The, the, yeah.
0: that, that second one's just too slow for me. The, I, that's why I like the remake, the re, uh, the remake well, version of it.
1: Yeah, and it's really... I mean, that game in itself we could do a whole episode on, but which I think we did uh, for Nintendo main, but... It's just, you know, it being a Game Boy game with, like, no colors and there's no map and all that makes it extra yeah. difficult. Everything kind of looks samey, so it's like, uh, where do I go next? And the whole thing's like, I don't know. It's a strange game. It's a, it's a weird game to make, but whatever. I enjoyed the remake. It was on my top ten Nintendo games of last year, so oh, yes. I didn't, didn't hate it.
0: Yes. So uh, but, uh, uh, explain the Nintendo Domain, uh, what is, what's it all about?
1: Uh well it's Nintendo, it's Nintendo main. It's uh two words together. Oh Nintendo Main. Did I say oh, mm-hmm. So like Nintendo it's it's all right. Um but uh it's basically, you know, it's a show that uh Jeremy and I started like th- I don't know, three years ago about like
2: yeah, we're coming up on three years, I think.
1: Yeah. And uh
2: We we have to be right at
1: three years. Yeah, something like that. It's a, uh, we're we're we have over a hundred episodes. There's plenty of episodes in there. Uh we uh you know, we do a weekly show where we talk about Nintendo things. Nintendo stuff brought from Nintendo fans, right? Yes. Uh, We talk about the news. We talk about games. Sometimes we do game focused episodes. You know, we used to do a lot more retro focused stuff. We might still do that. But we did an episode, like in the past few episodes we've done, we did like an episode about like Super Mario Brothers, the movie, because Mm -hmm. that was, there was an anniversary for that. Actually, the one that's coming out this week, which uh, we'll be releasing on Friday, the 25th or 4th. Is uh, we just did an interview with a guy who runs uh, Old School Gamer Magazine, and that was really cool. We had Ryan Berger on there from that, so we've we've had some uh, interesting guests, and uh, you know, I try to get people who uh, have interesting stuff to talk about Nintendo and all that. And it was one of those things where uh, I'm a, I, I do audio recording like as a as a regular job, like as a, as my main career, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like podcasts, so I was like, I was like, I could do my own podcast, so I just started doing it, and uh, Jeremy was. Uh, brave enough to follow me on that venture and I appreciate it
2: (laughs) yeah I mean honestly like Trey and I you know we've been we've been best friends for quite a while you know but uh we've just had our moments in time where we've kind of drifted apart and uh for me originally the podcast was like an excuse to like talk to my best friend every week you know and and it's become more serious you know more than just that but that's why it was really easy for me to be like yes let's just keep doing this once we had a few episodes in the bank it's like gotta keep doing this gotta get gotta get to episode 50 gotta get to episode 100 you know like you get that that drive to like make a lot of content and every time we're like well we should do an episode about we should do well we're gonna keep like making episodes so eventually we will get around to that and so things have changed a lot like back in the i'd say back especially like all of 2016 there wasn't a whole lot going on in the world of nintendo and so that's kind of when we 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 we, found we found content for sure
1: we started in the wii u days so we did actually do a lot of retro stuff because there wasn't a whole lot going on like there wasn't enough like news wise to talk about
2: now there's so much to talk about and uh and that's why we don't we don't get a retro quite as often but i mean we still do it once in a while
1: nowadays that there's like 20 games a week like as long as like you know one one of us like buys something, we always have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not as hard to find a topic and all that now that the now that the switch is hot. But you know, just remember we did it. We did it in the in the low days of Nintendo. We started it in. We the- did.
2: I mean, we we did how many Star Fox episodes leading up to Star Fox Zero?
1: We did like four Star Fox episodes. <laughs> wow. Which was, well, we did like three Star Fox episodes, and then like. The Star Fox Zero episode, which is funny because that game was like so not a game to. I mean, it ended up being such a flop, you know, in the yeah, end.
2: It did not live up to the hype
1: for we sure. So like excited about it regardless, mm. whatever, you know. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been a fun journey. And, uh, you know, from the podcast, like just from trying to get people to, to listen to my podcast, our podcast and all that, it's kind of ballooned into like, into like starting a Twitter account and like doing live streams and like YouTube stuff and, You know, just all this other shit, which is fun. You know, it's kind of been, it's kind of become this huge, this huge uh, thing, which is funny because I never really, I always used to make fun of like, you know, the internet and internet presences and all that. And now I kind of got addicted to it, I guess, sort of. I mean, I I still don't watch like YouTubers or anything, but, you know, but now I'm kind of in there with them, I guess. (laughs) They're both making, you know, became like making videos and all that stuff too, because you can't just be a podcast, right? You got to have other stuff. And it's been
2: so much fun, like, going to conventions and meeting other podcasters and, like, yourself, Ed, like, meeting you through,
1: yeah, yeah, you right. know,
2: through podcasting and stuff. Like, meeting yeah. all these like-minded people and kind of getting, like, this whole new perspective on gaming that I never had before. Like, yeah, that's, it's that's, it's it's so fun.
0: That's yeah. pretty much one of my plans, hopefully next year. Uh that I get a chance to start going to more conventions and meeting more people and doing a uh, meeting more po- different podcasts and kind of interacting with people. Cause I don't get to do that so often. It's just like yeah. I work, come home podcast or record sure. something. And then that's it. I'm just like, there's so many people out, out in this world that I would just, even if I haven't heard their podcast yet, I would at least like to meet them and talk to them about their podcast. Mm-hmm. And sure. what's, it, what's it all about. And just like connect and have fun.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's what that's what I'm trying. What we're trying to do also with our podcast is just just trying to reach out to other people that do cool things and it's nice to and I found a, uh, you know, Twitter works pretty well for that. It's pretty easy. It's randomly reach out it's to It's really people. not
2: a competitive space
1: like Oh no. no.
2: It's it's something you're doing out of the passion of loving it and so like yeah. why not meet a bunch of other people and get a bunch of cool ideas or you know, like Yeah. Bounce ideas off each other. Like what, what the hell are like, let, like I'm, there's a guy, uh, Nathaniel we had on one of our episodes where like I met him at a convention and we talked about like old Tex Avery cartoons for like an hour. Like,
3: yes,
2: that's awesome. Like why? Like I didn't expect that to happen, but Mm -hmm. I found another person who like really likes Tex Avery cartoons. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all nerds, so it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other nerds want to hang out with other nerds, right? I mean, right. It, that's what I would always tell people who are like, uh, we're like, oh, I'm afraid of going to a convention. I'm afraid of talking to people. I'm like, I'm like, you guys, you know, for the most part, there's probably something that you really like that other people there really like. So it's really easy to talk to other nerds mm-hmm. like it. Especially the first time I went to MGC, I went there by myself, and I went to like the Retronauts panel to like talk to Bob and Jeremy and all that. And Jeremy actually wasn't there when I went the first time, and I just talked to Bob about like Dragon Quest and shit like that, and it was really easy to do, you know, <laughs> and like just and with the other people there it's just like it's just you know they probably play most of the same games that you do so you just talk about stuff that you like and it's really easy to find a subject to talk about you don't even really need to know each other but you know those you know this art form so well that it's pretty easy to find people you know yeah. or like when you're playing or like when you play games like on the show floor with people you know they
3: mm-hmm.
1: smash brothers with somebody like they know that game so you talk to them about smash brothers and then it's like all of a sudden you got tons to talk about it's kind of like it's like waiting in line for the Wii or whatever, you know, like or waiting mm-hmm. for any sort of video game thing. It's really easy to all of a sudden you have friends to talk to because you're probably following the same news like you know about the same games and all that. Maybe they've mm-hmm. rumors that you haven't had you haven't or whatever, and you guys can talk about that. It's a uh, it's cool. And like now with the you know, in the information age with the Internet and all that, we can easily reach out to people. And now all of a sudden you can have like, you know, a bunch of friends from all over the globe. That's cool. Yes. It's nice. It's become a. You know, people that I like talk that I talk to like somewhat normal. You know, that I didn't even know before, like like you and Corey and like uh and like John Wedgeworth and like Kate and like uh Janet and like mm-hmm. like Nate and like all these people that I didn't know before are all like and Kevin and like all these people that I know they're doing all these cool shit. Like it's just nice to know. It's nice to know of them now and be able to reach out to them and be like, hey, what's up? You know, it's cool. Cool world, living. <laughs> is my... if
2: nothing else to just be like hey what do you think of this or you know like it doesn't exactly. even have to be like a formal thing like what do you think I like you know yeah exactly
1: yeah
0: awesome so we're going to get into the discussion about characters and the beauty of characters oh, why <sighs> we make them our fan favorites or we cosplay them or make birthday cakes about them and stuff or design rooms and everything there's something about a character in the video game that just appeals to us. And so, I want to ask you, Jeremy, first. Um, what makes a character for you? Like, what makes, you know, the traits of a character that needs to stand out?
2: I mean, I think that I like... I think I, earlier I said I definitely like RPGs, I guess adventure games. So, I don't know. I look for a piece of myself in that character, I think. like, And you're not always going to get a narrative, I guess, you know, in the sense of, like, a Mario game or something, but you're still sort of, like, here's just, just like, happy dude running around jumping, I don't know. I just... I guess I try to identify in some way, and I don't even know, like, on what level, but whatever I can, whatever level I can find, you know. You get that more with games with, like, the text-heavy gameplay and stuff, but... Yeah, there's, there's, like, there's a certain... Like, some people say, like, games are an escape from the real world, and I think, to a certain extent, that's true, but i don 't mind like feeling like i don 't know feeling I didn't, identifying with game characters and then also like especially when I was younger like getting confidence about the real world from yeah. like from like identifying with these characters and and feeling the sense of progression within a game with those characters you know a notable like i 've accomplished something in this game yeah i i don 't know that's is that a good answer i don 't know. <laughs> I want to. I want to identify with the character mm. somehow.
0: Uh, what about you, Trey?
1: I don't know if I actually identify any with any of the characters that I, that I like, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like, I mean, some of my like my personal favorite character is like Samus. I think her outfit looks incredibly great. Like, I, I like the design of it, and I know. You, I, I guess you didn't really want to talk about art and design, but that's what I was oh, thinking. You could talk about art and design, yeah. When I uh, I don't know one of my a friend of mine told me that like he he said that he read somewhere that uh you know a good character like if you look at the silhouette of it you can tell what it is and that's always what i kind of thought of and like like samus like you know with the giant so with the big the shoulder armor and all that yeah. stuff like you can definitely tell who that is uh, she's probably one of my favorites i mean if you look back there i have a bobblehead and some other stuff going on there but um yeah i mean i i just like, Super Metroid being, like, my favorite game of all time, which I talked about earlier. Um, it's I think the reason I like that game was just, like, how, I don't know, how, like, immersive the environments and all that were. I mean, I guess I didn't necessarily... I mean, for games, games very much for me are an escape from the outside world because, you know, most of the outside world sucks. So it's, like, a, better to be in a world where, where you can control things and make things better, you know, and you don't have to worry about how awful the things are in real life. And, uh, you know... That type of thing. So um, so I look to so other characters that I think have interesting stories, I guess. And a lot of it has to do with just the feeling of the game. It's like, you know, I like Mario, but what does Mario have for me? It's like, I'm not Italian. I don't know anything about plumbing, you know. I mean, I could probably unclog a toilet, but, you know. <laughs> I've, I've never smashed a Goomba. What do, I, what do I know about his life? But, I mean, I guess a lot of it for me, it's like design. It's like the way they look, I guess, and the way the game plays. And stories, stories, a lot for me too. Okay. I don't know. Well, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was just uh, when we were when I was trying to prepare myself for this episode. I was just like, oh, what kind of characters do I want to talk about? You know, and I mostly just thought of like design. And I think that Samus's design has like still looks incredible, like nowadays, even like years later. It's still. I know they've like tweaked it and whatnot, but still, like the whole like, you know, yellow, red, uh, orange, like color scheme i think still works really well in the green for the visor now also. Mm-hmm. still works well over the years and a lot of nintendo games are like that you know where their characters still look good now or they're able to adapt to now easier i guess
0: well you, you mentioned uh, design which kind of leads into uh probably the first topic that i i uh i wrote about it's called uh reaching the iconic level you know when a character becomes such an icon what does it take for that character to reach? And just like you mentioned, Trey, like art and design, it is, is part of of you know characters being a lot of people's favorites. They just how look they they love how it looks. Sometimes it could be simple, um, sometimes it could be complicated. But it's just like when you see cosplayers, you see how much work goes into sure. that outfit on their interpretation or how they try trying to uh, replicate it. And, you know, Sam's Erin is a very good uh, example. Um, her she has something about her design, whether she's in her suit or in uh, probably like the, was it, is it Prime or the blue suit came in what, I think?
2: Uh, zero. Uh, zero. Uh, Fusion.
1: Yeah. The, the blue suit uh, premiered in the Game Boy Advance game, uh, Zero Mission.
0: Zero Mission, okay. Uh, yep. Some people are dressing up like that way. You know, mm-hmm. so just her design alone. So, uh, for you, Trey, what what does it take to make a character for you personally be to reach like an iconic level? Whether it's a whether it's a big character or a small character, but what it, like what it, is it for you uh, personally?
1: For it to, be, I mean, isn't it? Is it what? What do you what do you think it takes to be iconic? Like, is it? I mean it has to be something that's like lasted the test of time, right? Isn't that what a what the term iconic comes from? Well, right? It,
0: if you wanted to be that way, but for but for you it could it literally could be like this person is iconic because they're going to do some tests and trials and all of their games and their franchises. And so mm-hmm. I could relate that. Like um we're just going to be so weird to say this, but let's say Kirby uh, he didn't have tests and trials on it, but it was just like something about him, about his character and him getting powers to make things right. Um, mm. That might that might be inspirational for somebody or it could be like I could have a bad day in this. Every time I play a Kirby game, it makes my day better. So by that, he's an icon to me. Just for I example.
1: Hope. I see. Sure. Like something like something you can look up to. Yeah. I d I I don't know. That's a that's a hard question for me to answer, I guess. Like what like what would I think that the character needs to be to be iconic? I mean I guess like good color schemes that work together, like uh I think a lot of it has to do with like the the design of the outfit and like I don't know how much is in what area or whatever, like mm-hmm. different space and you know what I mean? Like kind of framing like the way they would design put it put it together, I guess. I, I think that for me, one big thing is also like that the characters are interesting and colorful like like i don't really play like the call of duty games or like battlefield and stuff like that and i wouldn't consider like those characters to be iconic because i think they're just people you know and there's not really anything that sets them apart i think that's kind of what i'm looking for is for something that doesn't look normal like you don't see a whole lot of people dressed like samus like you wouldn't see that it looks it's it's very specific and it's very individualized you know in that way and You know, that's what I like to see, something that sticks out, that looks different from something else you would ever see, you know. Like I've been playing uh, Yoku's Island that like stars Uh, like a dumb beetle with a ball. Like you would never see a character like that. So I think that's pretty iconic there, I guess, you know, your characters.
0: Like literally side note, that is in the game of the year
1: nomination. That game's fucking awesome, right? I love that game. Oh, so good. I've been trying to push uh, Jeremy and John to get it. But yeah, that game is fucking amazing. I love it it's very good it's in my list too as well it's in it's in uh it's up Ease 8 and uh Yoku's Island Express are my two definite top tens of the year for sure I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Mario Party will be up there too uh, I'm hoping for that one to be great
0: what about you Jeremy uh what 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 is it for you to make a character reach an iconic level like personally for you
2: so like I said about identifying with characters um I wasn't exactly sure what I was preparing for this episode either, but I did pick a character I really liked from my favorite game. And I think I would say this character is iconic for me. Um, so in Chrono Trigger, there's this character called the new, it's a big blue guy. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah.
2: So back in the old school days and even into like coming into like the GameCube days when they did like beautiful Joe and stuff, um, Basically, you would just reskin bad guys or whatever you'd, you'd or you'd re you 'd reuse assets as much as you could, and I think the new is iconic for Chrono Trigger specifically for that game, which in itself is an iconic game right I yes. think anyone would agree um, They use that character in such a way that like it 's like it 's almost like that 's the most important character in the whole game because You go all the way back 65 million years BC and that character is there and it's like, you know, it's a special boss you fight in a forest. And then you go to – you find the, the time machine. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anybody who's never played Chrono Trigger, but you find the time machine at one point and you, you you see the Guru of Time is has already le- long since passed away or whatever. But he left the instructions for the time machine in the New, the New being some sort of, like, magical creature, which you find out even in, like, uh the World of Magic in 12,000 B.C., that the New is, like, this special creature that can, like... I don't know. It, it's like this mythological beast that's throughout the whole game. Like, you go all the way to the, you know, the end of time, and at one point, like the uh the guy you fight the guy that teach you teaches you magic he takes on the form of a new and then you go like you know to to the the distant future and the news there too like this character is like they just they reuse that asset in such a great way like either it's a really hard bad guy that you have to fight or it's like a mythological being or it's you know a piece of technology even in a sense when it's like used for the the time machine because the uh the creator of the time machine deposited his memory into the, into the beast. And then it falls asleep after it tells you the truth. And then it's, I think it says something along the lines of the beast has gone into a sleep and you can just tell it's never going to wake up again. Like, I don't know. I love how they use that big blue goofy character in such a iconic way within the game. And, and so that's, that's a bit of a stretch as far as like my, I don't know if it's my favorite character, but the news definitely in my top five, favorite video game characters because of how uh how diversely it was used even with just within that game like well, I don't know
0: it's it's almost like the Moogles kind of in final in uh-huh. the early final fantasy series like, That's true. Yeah, they,
2: I hadn't thought about that.
0: Yeah, like the Moogles uh at a point in time and even the Chocobos, they represent a final fantasy because any picture that you see, you know, a Moogle was going to be in that game. And if I know, you know the kupo's and all of that stuff. That how how they talk, they kind of <laughs> like lighthearted and really funny and stuff. But it was just like when you see a coup when you see a mugo, you gonna use him to save, or he was gonna give you something and make the scene better. It could be a big destruction. A kupo, a uh, mugo could show up and be like kupo kupo, and it would just make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Especially with like Chocobos, they. They're like the main transportation in the whole Final Fantasy franchise. Whether you disagree, disagree or not, uh, or whether you disagree, I should say, uh, chocobo. People will breed them to different colors. Like in Final Fantasy Seven, um, you would look forward to get one. Uh, you know, feeding them is it garnish or something? It's like no oh, greens or mm-hmm. something. Um, and like in Final Fantasy twelve, it's just like you was going to see that chuckabo somewhere in the game. And then you look at Final Fantasy fourteen, how people use moguls and Chocobos in that game. So mm-hmm. it's like those kind of characters are very iconic because sometimes some kind of characters just represent a whole series. Whether you like it or not, it's, they're there in the game and it doesn't feel right when they're not there.
2: Sure. I do remember seeing this Moogle um, before I even played Final Fantasy three. You know, I think it came out when I was thirteen, twelve or thirteen, and I played through some of two. I don't think I'd beaten it, you know, four, whatever you want to call it. But um, I remember seeing the uh, the Moogle and thinking that was like a boss, or like that was one of the main enemies in the game. Just assuming that because it kind of looks like a demon. If you don't know what it is, it looks like yeah it's kind of got like demon bat wings and it's holding a weapon. And um, so I was kind of like taken aback when I found out the, the Moogles were like a good character.
1: Yes. It's such a weird uh, cover for that game too. Cause a quick story, like my brother-in-law, like, he was big into Super Nintendo, like, when I was in Super Nintendo, when he was still dating my sister, like, before they got married. And uh, he was like, you know, he's like, I want to play these RPG games, you know, because, like, I used to play D&D as a kid. And he was big into, like, Breath of Breath of Fire and all that. And I remember, like, being like, oh, we should play this game, Final Fantasy 3. And he saw that Google, on, that Moogle on the front, and he was like, oh, no, that game looks dumb, like, because it has this, like, deadly creature on the front. And, like, he's like, no way, I want these ones that have guys with swords on the front, you know. And, and that kind of steered him away from the game, like, the character design of Moogle on the other side, but I ended up getting the game, and then he saw me play it, and then he bought the game, too, because the game's fantastic, but I always thought that was funny, that he saw the cover of it, and he's like, oh, no, no, that's uh, that's too cutesy. Like, I want something that's like, you know, like swords and, you know, goblins and all this stuff, and then we actually played the game. He saw it was a different thing, but that was I guess that was the opposite effect on the character design of the Moogle for him was he thought it was a weird, thought it was more like a Mario game or something, I guess, that oh. was more...
0: I would be like, uh, you fight a ghost train, you could suplex. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness, Final Fantasy
1: uh, Three. It, it like the first like couple hours of the game, like with that cinematic opening with the uh with the robots walking mm-hmm. and, like walking across the horizon and all that. I mean that's about all really you need to see in that game, I think, to be like, Oh shit, I need to play this. You know.
0: Yeah. I think like well, I'm, I'm gonna say Eric, I'm gonna say Eric for the next discussion, but I feel like Ery is kind of iconic, and I think it's more because of the way that her what happens to her is such a surprise. It was a big thing in that time, and so everybody was trying to do something, um, but it, it it just never happened. But people still love Ery to the day. Yeah. I just feel like. She's just a kind of character because of that little that because see
2: Somewhere I've got a tweet or a, or a Facebook post. I don't know where I posted. I was like, I've still got a I've still got a save file with your where you're in it.
1: Yeah, because you told me you didn't play anymore after she died. You gave up.
2: I did. I mean, I didn't give up completely, but I did sort of lose a little bit of my. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I got. I don't know. I, that really upset me. And I know I was like twenty years later, whatever, but. I still it still upset me.
1: Funny thing about that, like a friend of mine in high school, when he was like he was when he was trying to convince me that the PlayStation was great, you know, when I was like the sixty four guy. Mm. The first thing he showed me was Aerith dying in Final Fantasy Seven. Like that was the first thing I ever in <laughs> the game was that cutscene. He's like, Watch this, it's so hardcore. So yeah, that was not I mean, I knew that right off the bat. Like it's just people are like, Oh yeah, she dies here and here it is, look at it.
2: That's definitely a, I'd say it's an icon- iconic moment in video game history as far as Yes, you know I. I think of like Final Fantasy 6 when uh, uh, Kefka kills the emperor. You yeah, know, when you're floating continent and he like kills the emperor and like kicks him off the edge. That was pretty. Oh, that yeah. was pretty powerful at the time. I remember.
1: Or like when he, or like when he poisons the. Oh yeah! Ooh, that was dark. Like I thought that was pretty fucked up when I was playing. When he just like kills everybody, and that one, uh, the knight, you know, that's uh, his family gets uh, killed, and everybody in his kingdom gets killed. What was his name? Cyan, cyan,
2: right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, his name was I. I named him the Tick in my game. So, so I just remember. <laughs>
2: they all have last names. You find that out at the end of the game, which I remember that was also like
1: yeah, what? it's great. Yeah, here yeah, where are they are. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that was the longest ending to a game too that I'd ever seen at that point in time. I think it's like a thirty-minute cinematic ending.
1: And then, and uh, Nobuo Uematsu like wrote a thirty-minute song for that, which is fucking awesome. Like mm-hmm. that's the, crazy no other thing that does that that i know of in super nintendo times you know that's pretty it's pretty amazing i mean not quite character but you know i guess music could have its own character right i mean the music in that game definitely is its own character i think you know for sure it's like it's like the noise it's like the noise of jaws like being you know that's a character too in that movie i know that's movies but you know same sort of thing
0: yeah. See bu- music being our own character, I'm glad you brought that up, Trey. Uh music being this own character and, you know, chess, everybody knows the Mario theme, pretty much from pretty much all the games and stuff. Um even Sonic the Hedgehog music sometimes mm. is is kind of iconic and stuff. I, I oh, yeah. think I think nowadays there's no iconic soundtrack. Maybe Shovel Knight would be one. But there
2: is... I, I thought Celeste was pretty good.
1: There's, a, I, I think, there's a lot of still, still really good soundtracks. Like I would go to mm-hmm. Batman E's Eight soundtrack too. That shit's fucking awesome. Like that's, a, that's, that's a, the a soundtrack to to listen to. I even spent like tw- over twenty dollars on that. Yeah. To, to buy it, I mean, it's like a three disc thing or whatever. Oh, nice. but really worth it. I mean, it's I got it digitally, but there's a lot of music in there. But there is, I mean, there's still a lot of music that means something. I think.
2: I mean, I listen like I said, Celeste, I, I listen to that at least once a week. I listen to that soundtrack. I, I just love it so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah. And it's on Spotify, so that helps.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. True.
0: Well, we're going to get into the next part of characters. And, you know, we're going to be talking about some of the ladies, like the leading ladies, um, like Laura Croft. Um, Samus? At, at a, yeah, Samus. At a time, Princess Peach was kind of like the leading lady or Princess Toadstool, you mm-hmm. know. If if you ask about a woman in video games, um before you even say Samus or any other person, Princess Peach just came to the mind. Or Princess Sosu sure. came to the mind. Um Samus did Samus is kind of a second uh because of the Metroid games. And then just years later, no one didn't talk about a female character until Laura Craft. So I wanna ask you guys, uh who do you think um, it's a leading lady like that. When it, when you're talking about female characters and gays, something just quickly comes to your mind.
1: I mean, I already mentioned mine. Uh, Samus yes. is mine. Yeah, but I but I'm a huge Metroid fan. So like, even when Metroid wasn't around, you know, in that in the 64 times, I still played Super Metroid. You know, that was still in my mind. Like it never really went away because that was still a great. game. You know, but then, but then you know, it was like one of the glo- most glorious days of all time when uh, Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion released on the same day. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we're back in uh, Metroid heaven again. So mm-hmm. go around that much for me. But immediate, 100%, if you ask me about female characters, my mind will always go to Samus because I guess that Samus is like probably my favorite character of all time. So it's uh, pretty easy to go there.
0: What about you, Jeremy?
2: Uh, well, I'd probably say Terra from Final Fantasy VI, which She's, I know I've been <laughs> – yeah. Um, I, I would say her, or if I was going to get even more like modern, I would say Midna. I really liked Midna a lot in a uh, Twilight Princess. Midna was fucking badass. Like I was like, man, I love this new character they introduced in this game. Still really like Midna. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say Terra for sure because she's sort of the heartbeat of that whole game, the whole Final Fantasy VI. And like, she's sort of like, I don't know. I don't know about myself. I'm not. I'm not so sure about myself. And of course, you know, the whole time she's like the most powerful character in the whole game.
1: Twilight Princess. Yeah. She, the well,
2: character. I mean, well, it, within Final Fantasy VI, Terra was, but yeah, also
1: in Midna is the same way. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, I thought you were talking about Midna. Sorry, but no, Terra also like. Yeah. Yeah. That's she's a great character as well. Like she's pretty much. Well, I guess I'd say she's the main character, but like all this. A lot of the people are main characters.
2: I'd say, what's her name? Steelies.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah,
2: she's pretty cool too in that game.
0: Well, I know like Sean Lee would be a leading lady. You know? Oh, that's a if, that's if if you think of any fighting game, she comes to mind.
1: For
3: sure,
0: uh, yeah. Like even over, it's like Sonya Blade and my from the Feather Furry series and stuff. Um, to me, Blaze is one of them from the Shoots of Rage series. Like, oh yeah she's sure. i think she's like in a in a brawler she's probably the best one that was ever created um uh, like i don't i don't think there's been any other female characters who could do what she's done and the great great how get her how i i won't say she's a race three is bad but it's okay but, like, if you see how Streets of Race 1 went into Streets of Race 2 and, like, 2 being pretty much one of my all-time favorite games of all time, uh, I've always choose Blaze in that game. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and uh, for, like, a, mo- a lot of modern people, like, a lot of uh, a lot of gay people have definitely been up big, big well, not big, uh, up being Bayonetta. You know, And I think okay. that's because of Bayonetta, too, on how her design, how she just kicks tail, the the cutscenes are good and stuff. Because, like, really nobody was feeling Bayonetta, even though she did a lot of great sales. It's just like when Bayonetta 2 came out, all of
1: that changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bayonetta's definitely one. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of her.
2: Well, oh. I thought of Bayonetta, but she seemed so modern I didn't want to.
0: No, she's she's part of this discussion because like we're. Talking I mean, she's
2: about definitely this. just thoroughly badass. Like you know, yeah. there's nothing that anyone ever throws at her that she doesn't have a retort or a or an action to, to to get back at them.
1: I mean, she seems to pretty much like laugh in the face of everything. You know, mm-hmm. right? And I guess on the like on what you were saying earlier when we were talking about soundtracks, you could even put uh, the main character from Celeste in there in your uh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah. Which I can't I don't remember. Madeline. Her Madeline, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get as far into the game as you did, but uh I was gonna say what about Lucia from Final Fight Final Fight three, man? <laughs> I'm kidding. I was, that was my joke to uh, to Blaze from Streets of Rage uh, two. I thought
0: my, you were gonna say Maki. I love Maki in Final Fight two.
1: <laughs> my my two favorite my two favorite brawling games, if you listen to our show, is uh my two favorite ones are, are Final Fight three and uh Streets of Rage two. I think they're both like the the perfect brawler. You know, they yeah. both have they, they're basically everything that I would want from a brawler. It's like if you want want a good one, make it like Final Fight Three or Streets of Rage Two. They're both Streets
2: of Rage Two just also has like iconic and soundtrack,
1: <laughs> and then saying the great soundtrack. But like Final Fight Three is like kind of like I mean it's obviously, in- obviously influenced by Streets of Rage Two, but it has like multiple pathways and like Street Fighter style moves and. All that fun stuff, which I think every all those games should have. But there was a female in that one, (laughs) you know, Lucia, which I remember her, but I couldn't remember her name. So I guess maybe she's not that
0: memorable. uh Ibuki for Street Fighter, uh three third strike. Like she, she four right? She's in four. Yeah, she's in four. I think she's like in the rest of. She's like my third main in that game because it's like Ryu's first, Akuma second. But, like, Ibuki, I would choose her and beat the tail out of everybody. She's just, I love her design, and I love her fighting style. Like, to me, she's just, like, she's on the level of Chun-Li, but a little bit more. You know, Chun-Li kind of represents the female, just represents females in fighting games. But, Ibuki, like, if you want to be... A real good tournament player or a really good Street Fighter. She's one of the best ones to use, uh, in my opinion.
1: Hmm. For sure. Yeah. 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 No. I mean. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's definitely strong. I mean, yeah. As you're saying, like when you talk about fighting games, like I always think of like Chun Li or Sonya Blade. Pretty much would yeah. be the I would think of like the most iconic or the most. memorable mm-hmm that I can remember. Even though Mortal Kombat had a lot of like other interesting ones like Jade and uh and like uh Katana. And, yeah yeah Katana and uh and, and like yeah and, and like the weird mutant one and and uh yeah and then and then there was like Sindel, and like all those other you know, all sorts of they got all sorts of, and all sorts of different crazy characters but you know
0: Yeah. So uh any more leader ladies or or ladies that you guys would like to recognize that you felt um, they even though they're not lead, they're just important, and you know you just love them in video games.
1: Hmm. I mean, I was always a fan of Jill Valentine from Resident Evil.
0: Yes,
1: yes. I played the game. I always played the first Resident Evil as her. I never ever played as Chris Redfield, so I don't know what his story is. I played I played through the game as her so many times, and uh, I just never played his story, so I don't know. It's completely foreign to me, and I never really was interested in it. You know, I always, I always went with Jill. So I always thought she was great. And then she reappeared in 3 also. And in, like, the Revelation games, like in the first one she was in there, which that actually made the game more intriguing to me, that Jill Valentine was back. So it was nice to see her. And I think she had, like, a – didn't she have, like, a single thing in uh, Resident Evil 4 also? Remember they did, they did like, some stuff where they would
0: – No, that was Anna in Resident
1: Evil 4. No, I mean, like, where there, there was a single added thing where you played as – it was either – or maybe it was five, it but was, one of was,
0: I think it was it was five.
1: Yeah, yeah one of the yeah. one thing where you played is uh, where you played as Jill, and I played through it because it was on there. And I, it might have been five because I hated the regular five game, but I did finish the Jill <laughs> the Jill part of it. It was a completely side game where you didn't have to play any of the regular game. But yeah, she was one that definitely is memorable to me.
2: So what was it? It was Ada Wong and four the header, the header independent mode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she had a she had her own too, but I thought Jill did as well. Or no, it must have been five. Yeah,
0: um, I remember Fat Princess, all the controversy that came from that because uh, of her having to eat cake and she got big. Uh-huh. Wow, that that caused a big controversy. But it's just like, but this game is good. <laughs> Why are you guys are mm-hmm. focusing on that aspect, but not not the characters and stuff. Like 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 Tifa for me is uh, uh, a very great female character and um, I like lightning for Final Fantasy III. uh Lulu from Final Fantasy X, like oh Lulu is just probably one of the best. I, I know you like uh, Tessa, but um, there's something about Lulu and her design put just her doing the magic and that dress. I'm just like, oh, you are just everything. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. What was, um, I'm trying to remember. Uh,
2: I mean, I, I, yeah, I'd probably just have to say it's kind of cheap, but like, yeah, Princess, thinking of the princess in, uh, Super Mario 2. Uh, I remember the first time I ever really played the game, my mom was babysitting, like, one of her friend's daughters, Mm -hmm. and she was my age, and, uh, she liked to play Nintendo a lot too, and I kind of had a crush on her, you know, whatever, but, Uh, You know, I was like eight or nine, you know, we were, we were kids, but they brought Super Mario two over one time when like, uh, my mom was babysitting her, sitting her and she was playing, I think it was the the fourth world where you have to like run along this ice and there's like these little snowball guys running at you and she was playing as the princess and I was watching her play and I was just like, Oh my God, like how she was like, she would crouch down and she'd float and she'd like perfectly go between like, like this this girl, the actual girl, knew how how she was playing. But uh, I remember like being like, I never played Peach, you know. That was never the character, or whatever they could just call her, Princess Toadstool. I was like, I never really used that character. But now I'm kind of seeing that character's badass. And I think in further iterations, you know, Princess Peach, it's, even in like, you, you go as far as like Odyssey now. Like at the end, you, you expect her to like you know once again maybe spoiling things for people but like when you set her free or you when you rescue her she doesn't want anything to do with you she's going to like go on a vacation because she's free and uh, it's not like the trope of her like oh my god thank you for saving me mario you know she's like oh cool well thanks for saving me i'm i'm out of here mm-hmm. and i really kind of like that that was like and she went around and like had her own adventures
1: for sure yeah i'm going to I was gonna say uh, a couple that I thought of, like from that I've been playing, uh, Ika from uh, Skies of Arcadia. I thought she yes. was. Oh, she was like pretty much the second main character. I mean, it it starts off with her and Vi's, so um, so she's definitely a big part of it. And I like how she's not really, she's never really a damsel in distress. Like she's incredibly tough. Like she basically. Beats the crap out of anybody who ever messes with her, you know. And she has an interesting design as well. But actually, everybody in that game has an interesting design. I was thinking about when you mentioned character. I thought about Vice and his like weird. uh He's like weird eye patch, but it's like a but it's like a glasses eye patch, uh-huh. whatever. And it's his
2: like t- Google Glass.
1: Yeah, he's always he's always been a weirdly designed character to me. But I still like him because he's great. But Ika's Ika's a great character too. Like she has like a I believe her family. Her parents are dead, and she grew up with the with the pirates and all that, and. You know, she's a very very tough person. Actually, when when I played through it last, I I chose the Ica flag for the for the ship. Like when you get to the end and you get to you get to choose whatever flag you want. I did the one the, the one of like the cat with the pigtails and the and the cookie just because I like Ika a lot. She's a great character. Plus, she has some really cool moves, like some really good like screen clearing moves that you can do with her. Uh, that game needs to come back. I love that. I mean, I just I played it this year i mean i played it at the beginning of this year on gamecube and it's still great like it's i feel like it's a very a very unsung uh turn-based rpg that oh, people it, need to need it, to talk about more it, it, As,
0: everybody, everybody wants it to come back since a lot of pictures are being shown up everybody like yeah sega bring skies of arcadia
1: well sega's been bringing i mean with them bringing grandia one and two back i mean who knows they maybe they'll dip into the skies of arcadia I mean, I figured they would do that to me since I just recently played through the game again. They're going to release an HD version soon. I'll be like, damn it. But i played through it again. It's a fun, it's a fun game to play. I'd to- I totally do it again.
2: Especially that water level.
1: Oh, yeah. I hated that water level. But everything else was <laughs>
3: so.
1: Yeah, there's a water level that's probably the worst water level. But aside from that, everything's good.
0: <laughs> well, so, uh, we cannot forget definitely in this time and age uh indie characters. Um, indie games have become all oh, now they are finally are being realized for what they are and are now on the equal playing field as first party and third party games for um, sure uh, for a lot of people in our time Shovel Knight is a big iconic and lovable character the way that he's merchandised but for me like kind of back in early 2000s when there was like Flash games you know there was a uh, Alien hominid, and there uh-huh. was just a um, cave story. And even though I didn't play case Story till it actually came to the Wii, I read about it, sure. and it was just like if you like, I guess, uh, I think that's that was a system or something or engine or anything. I just remember like literally and secretly playing Alien Hominid. Uh, a little bit on the computer, like the, like the first level, and then when I found out it came out to GameCube, I brought it there and played the full game. So sure. that was kind of like the beginning of my indie, uh you know, getting into indie games. But uh what about you guys? Did you guys have any kind of indie characters that you would like to like include in the discussion that you feel like that's very beautiful? That's just like, mm. just wonderful.
1: I mean, there's a lot of them i mean i I love oh, yeah. games like and i love uh which just kind of become an inter- indie darling now, where, like there's just so many games that, that and even like older games they they seem to be re releasing mm-hmm. i mean, I, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again the uh Yoku you know the the beetle from yeah. uh from from Yoku's island express like that i think that's a great character, you know even though he does he, he or she doesn't really say a whole lot in the game, it's just a uh, you know it's very much science the silent protagonist, but i like that i just like that it's you know I like the way the characters design you're not really going to see a whole lot of games that are like that you know and uh when you when you're talking about flash games the first thing i thought of was uh was Home uh, homestar runner and uh uh-huh. the, oh, and those, yes the telltale games like I, I don't know if you played those on wii but i played the shit out of those games on wii and i loved them like they were so much fun like i played all i bought all the episodes and, and even like what was it uh the i forget which one the um the the whatever the movie one was was like probably my favorite one of the oh, episode, the uh, video game one. Uh, I strong- know what
2: you're talking about. Dang it, not Trogdor, but uh, the but movie was like a.
1: It's like it's like a die hard type thing. Whatever, it's like an action movie oh. that they made, and yeah, that that game was so much fun. Yeah, the strong bad like there's a great character right there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I just think of him when you when you mentioned.
2: Marta if you want to talk about female characters, she was pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think she was the only female character actually in the strong be- or the Homestar Runner universe. Oh yeah, yeah. But, what about yeah? What about um? You know, I did mention it. We did kind of talk about it earlier, but I really do like Madeline from Celeste. Like, yeah. she's a great character. She's like so unsure of herself the entire time, but she's like kicking ass as she's going along, and still like finding a hard time, like reconciling with herself that she's doing great because she's like struggling with her, like inner demons and all that and literally fighting her evil self. Yeah. Um, but I really like that character a lot. I think there's a lot of indie games that have tried to deal with depression and anxiety and stuff like in a, in a more abstract way. And I think Celeste did a great job with it between the music and the character design. And, you know, you know, like, the the second the most secondary character I think his name what was his name Lincoln or I can't remember he was the he was the he was the guy that you would occasionally run into yeah. And he was just like a total doofus he was just totally like like the trope was re- re- reversed like he was like the he the not the dam, the damsel whatever I don't even know what the in distress that was the male and you had to like yeah, had to save understand. him and help him out and he was just totally clueless and I thought Madeline did a really good job just holding it all together while she was dealing with her own personal demons and. In the meantime, having to fo- fight giant ghosts and avoid evil black pools of killer liquid. and Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah I had a great time with that game. As yeah. far as the early Flash games go, though, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anything beyond, like, Kitten Cannon was one I played a lot. <laughs> I liked Kitten Cannon, um, but there's no iconic characters in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the yeah, most of the sh- the flash games I played were like one off stuff on new grounds that was not yeah. really. It, it was rarely tasteful. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> sure. Usually it involved uh, some sort of strange nudity or bodily excretions or lots of blood or whatever you know whatever people could get to like push the envelope and make it as offensive as possible. And yeah. there was one I remember playing, and I mean this would not fly now, but it was literally you versus a, a a kindergarten class and it was a first person shooter and
0: uh, oh no
2: and all the kindergarten kids like picked up guns and they were trying to kill you and you know you later on find out they weren't actual kids you were fighting or whatever but it's still like that wouldn't fly now cuz you're the janitor of the school and you're in uh the the creator of the game liberally used quotes from kindergarten cop like literally like just use quotes from that so like uh you keep saying stuff like arnold schwarzenegger would say as the janitor and yeah i don't know but that's like that's my earliest if you call that an indie game that's the one i remember playing a lot of back in like 2001 or 2002 Mm. and like it was it was a fun game even though the concept was really really strange
1: yeah uh it was a dangerous three was by the
2: dangerous three okay okay
1: the uh, I just looked it up. Dangerous Three, the Criminal Projective. That's what that one was, and that was my favorite one because it was so ridiculous. I mean, they're all good, but I mean, oh I think... man,
2: Trey, do you remember the emo game?
1: Yeah, the emo game with uh,
2: <laughs>
1: where get up kids got kidnapped. I forgot
2: about the emo game. That was another early indie game we played.
1: Zero Burst was a character on there, and uh, the guy from Jill- Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, that was a fun game. I
2: actually, had, uh, action, like the guy you were rescuing was the guy from sunny day real estate. He was like the God of all
1: emo or whatever. It was the, it was the getup kids that got kidnapped in that first. Oh, one.
2: was it? Okay.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean the guy from the sunny day real estate might've been in there too. I don't know. I'm sure he was mentioned, but the Get Up kids got, got, yeah, they got like, they got, they got a uh, kidnapped by Aerosmith or something like that. It's like uh-huh. so ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, you go, you go and rescue them and, and, and all these, you know, indie, like, I think the guy from at the drive-ins in there and like the, Jimmy World and uh, Counter-Uberst and
2: Sam Casher's in there.
1: Skiba from Alkaline Tree was in there as well, and it's like, yeah, that game was ridiculous. I th- there was a sequel too, but I never played that uh-huh.
0: one. <laughs> I know for me, uh, uh, and I it, like this is under, like once again back to the game of the year nominations. Iconoclast, um, Robin, and as the main character and the people that she interact like they're so good. Like the game looks fun and hip but you like when you get into the story it's kind of dark and everything and the characters handle each situation um beautifully uh whether it's something that they that might be gruesome or something that they have to try to make right like you see it and it's just like man this game like the cast just works like there's there's something about that as an indie game that's just like uh you got everything right and only one person developed this game um, uh, before it came to switch so uh but yeah the the crew and cast of Iconoclast I I just I just uh, they just get so much right um with it Uh, uh, um what is the running game like I think runner 3 uh, Mr. Commando, uh, he's kind of like uh, he's kind of a big character to, to a lot of people who like the bit uh, the uh, bit trip games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. like, you Captain he, Video? Yeah, Captain Video. That's what I uh, did. I say Mr. Commander Video, Commander. Oh. Yeah, uh, Captain Video. Um, he's like a really big thing. Uh, like definitely when he when it came out on the Wii uh, for WiiWare, <laughs> I should say uh he was like very big and very recognizable
1: um i was gonna a, a, speaking of we wear like the first thing that i think about that and it was probably my very first favorite indie game is uh world of goo like the goo yes. balls think, are great characters in themselves you know and i love that game i love the soundtrack and And just like how you grab the goo ball and it's like, and it like talks to you, you know, it's like, here I go, you know, and like, and it says different things. Like when you move it around,
2: I can't remember what's the name. There's like a character who like leaves you clues. So it's an unseen character, but
1: it's like the sign painter, the sign designer. Yeah. Yeah. The sign, the sign painter or something. Yeah.
2: He's the guy or whoever that character is like giving you clues the whole time. And and it'll, it'll say like sign the sign painter, but I don't think you ever meet the sign painter.
1: I, I I don't know. Like that game gets so bleak at the end and I love it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. But, I mean, spoilers, but like the whole world like ends in the end of that game. And I was just like, I love it so much. And it, like, the music was very much like, it reminded me of like Danny Elfman's score. You know, it's very mm-hmm. much like, don't, 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 you know, like that. And, you know, all the, had this like very dark humor to it. Like, yeah, love that game. It's a shame that it didn't work as well as it should on the switch. You know, some people who played it on the switch, like, didn't get to feel the greatness of it because you know uh, as, as a lot of people know the joy cons don't work that well for pointer control yeah uh, <laughs>
2: so. the wii mode had it spot on and like if you play i played it on the pc because i didn't have a wii at the time mm. oh i played it. it's on, one, one of the few games i ever actually went to the store and bought a cd-rom so i could play the game maybe the only one i ever did that with yeah. but i wanted to play world of Goose so bad that i went to best buy and bought the game for like 20 bucks or whatever it was and uh play it all the way through it and with the mouse you know the mouse and the the wi-mote functions similarly mm-hmm. uh, sure but i can't imagine trying to play it with the tilt controls of the or okay. even the really spotty pointer controls of the uh joy-con
1: yeah you basically have to it because some of those stuff get really really intense towards the end and you have to like you know you have to be grabbing the balls really quickly and like get them in the right spot and like, just how tense it was for the Wii. Like, I just could not imagine doing that on the Joy-Con Joy because it's just not as precise. And yeah. most importantly, it's not 100% on like the Wii Remote was, you know? So, it's just hard to do, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, before we get to the last two of them, I kind of want to. We, we talked about a lot of human characters. Um, and we really haven't touched that much on, like, uh, mammoths or. Uh, robotics. So, kind of ask you guys, like, what do you think about those two? Like, Son of the Hedgehog, or Bubsy, or um, Fox McCloud, or even, like, B2 from Titanfall, or uh, the two guys from the Portal games. Like, what do you think about characters like that in the game?
1: Well, I mean, you just gotta design them right, right? I mean, the Portal guys Mm -hmm. are pretty entertaining. You know, I mean, we're like, uh, was a GLaDOS like his that character there you know in Portal like speaking of robots Yeah. well you know just give you shit through the whole game it's like part of the reason to play the game you know
0: I think I know one of the saddest characters for me uh, is Vivi like there's the stuff that he goes through in Final Fantasy 9 just like literally breaks my heart and I'm just like I can see myself in him uh and he's just, he's one of the characters that you just want to protect uh, yes. throughout the game. And it's just like, you feel for him. And I don't know what the team were, was thinking of, but like, a character like him, and we'll probably talk that talk about this later in at the end part. It's like, a character like him, when you have characters that you can feel for, like, I feel for B2. In uh, Titanfall too, like him and you as the main character, uh, just how you guys react and all the stuff that you guys go through—it's just like y'all relationship is so good. And B two is like he, the two guys from uh from um uh, Portal two. As funny as they are, B two—he like he plays a little a little bit straight. Like he's kind of army-ish in a way, but he has a sense of. Sense of humor, and just just being as a robot just delivered so well. Being a Titan, I should say, it is just like I, I think I like stuff when characters deliver that kind of uh, that kind of personal trait about them.
1: Sure, yeah, I was thinking a robot characters, uh, you know, Robo from uh, Chrono Trigger. Yes, mention uh, him yet? One of, one of the best uh, theme songs of all time, but uh, he went oh, through. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure we all remember when he got attacked by all those other robots. That was, oh, I literally wanted to cry at that part. It's a pretty ar- iconic uh, scene right there. I mean, I remember that shit.
2: What about when they leave him in the past and then go in the future and he's, like, basically he hasn't gotten to hang out with you for, like,
1: what is it, 500 years?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hey, we're back to get you now.
1: <laughs> yeah, what you been doing for 500 years? You could just, like, turn himself off, right? Yeah, shut a, down. Of course, Frog is like the like
0: uh, as as many as he is as a soldier. Um, he's kind of one of the second best characters in Grown Oh shooter. yeah,
2: and his theme, his theme's great.
1: Oh yes, and and just that noise, that brrr, I, mean, I always, always like that, I like the sound effect, for sure. What about uh, is there any? Uh, what about animal characters, Jeremy? Is there any other ones? Uh, I was trying to think, like, uh...
2: what about KK Slider?
1: Oh yeah, oh, yes, He's a great character. He's pretty
2: iconic. I would say, like, I love KK Slider. I think, you know, Animal Crossing for me is not the villager; it's KK Slider. That's who I think of first.
1: Well, yeah, he, I mean, he is the member of one. He is, he is the, he is the face of Animal Crossing. <laughs> mm. K. and then maybe Isabel, Isabel, a little bit after yeah. that, and like the, and like, well, of course, Cap'n, Cap'n's a big character.
2: Cap'n's cool, but. Come yeah. on, KK
1: Slider. No, I know Cap- I know KK Slider is the best, but Captain, he's got his songs too. He's got his mm-hmm. own weirdness to him and as th- well.
0: I know, like, we can't miss, we can't not talk about this without bringing up Mega Man. You know, he's kind of a well known, iconic robot character uh, who fights for justice. Uh, mm-hmm. And regardless of you like his games or not, um, uh, He's kind of the first robot that a lot of people have came into uh, and play. Uh, I, I was going to say Rob the Robot also. Uh, <laughs> it's iconic uh, because. Yeah,
1: he's own character nowadays. So, I mean, especially in like Smash Brothers. And, yeah. And uh, I mean, he was in the background of F Zero and all that. My you know? cousin
0: actually had one.
1: Oh, I, I, Rob?
2: I haven't actually gotten to interact with one in real life.
1: Yeah, I never did either. That gyro mic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Jaramite, yeah.
0: So, um, was able to uh play, play with that, but just to have him as a toy, just be like, oh, that's kind of cool to have Rob uh, with your NES um, for sure. Uh, if I
2: ever like find a cheap Rob somewhere, I'll, I'll buy it, but not so easy to find anymore.
0: One character my cousin had, well, Crash Bandicoot, that's a given. Um, *Spiral* the dragon, but there was a game called *Punky Skunk* on PlayStation One. If you never... played, yeah, you played as a skunk, and you would whip your tail, and the skunk smell like a puff would come out. <laughs> uh, wow!
1: Yeah, no, I never played that one.
0: Um, but uh, also Klonova, uh Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, *Pac-Man*, *Miss Pac-Man*, *Pac-Man Jr.*, like all of those are kind of like recognizable. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Ranger, even though that's Disney and Ducktales, they're oh, iconic because that. their games were so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that's great.
0: Goof... Well, Goof Troop was 16-bit, so I think. I...
2: Yeah,
1: I was gonna say don't don't forget about like uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Oh, yeah. and like Banjo Kazooie. Like you know, those are all memorable uh, animal characters or conquer. Like we were talking earlier before we recorded. Uh... Yes. Okay. Conker in the Bad Fur Day. Like, he was a. I think he's his own iconic uh, character.
2: I mean, there's an iconic literal pile of shit in. In Conker's Bad Fur Day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was a boss. too. Uh
0: Uh,
2: That game was real creative.
1: Yeah. It's funny because it, like, started off. uh, Conker started off as a cutesy character, and then he just kind of, like, just kind of lost his way and became a congressman kind of for a day and some
2: hungover guy at nintendo was like oh god let's just make this be for adults yeah I right can't, i can't do this right and they're like wait a minute let's just make it so extreme <laughs> it's like the extreme game on the n64 yeah right end up being like one of the best looking games if not the best looking 3d adventure game on the 64 it looks i think majora's mask may be a little better but
0: i'll, I'll green that's nice now yeah. Uh, of course i mentioned sonic so we can't forget tails like tails is pretty much my guy out of the whole sonic franchise like I i think i played him so much in sonic too that i just i didn't care for playing for that sonic even though i beat the whole game in one sitting with all the uh emeralds it was just like i love tails just flying being on the level where Sonic is on the airplane. It tells us following you. It's just like, uh, this is just so good.
1: Did Did you play uh Did you play Sonic Mania Plus? No, With I haven't new... got it yet. Oh, because uh, Ray's pretty cool. Uh, like the, one, the the new guy that like
0: yeah, I that, heard like, a lot of good things from
1: him. He he flies kind of like Super Mario did in Super Mario World, where you like go like down and up, and you know he has like the same flight mechanics. So I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, as far as like newer newer animal characters mm-hmm. go. I mean, I think Ray goes way back in, in Sega history, but I don't know all of his backstory. But I like him in, in Sonic Mania Plus. Uh, he's cool. He's it, it's great with. that
0: you missed your son, uh Super Mario World because who could forget Yoshi?
1: Like Yoster. Yeah, Which one? The yoster oh, that's, yes. that's what. What uh, Jeremy and I call him the Yoster. The yeah, he's the he's he's the dinosaur.
0: Uh, the I... Super Mario World cartoons. Ugh.
1: Is everything all right over there? I, like, lost both of you guys? Like your picture?
0: Oh, I'm here. Uh, oh, go ahead because we're still talking. It's still recording you.
3: Okay. So you're I just, fine.
1: yeah, I just wasn't sure if anybody, if you guys are both still here because I can't see you.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, goodness, who? What other animal characters? The robotic characters? Uh
1: you right. mentioned me earlier he's kind of his own creation you know he's got all sorts of weird characters we got uh, DDD and uh yes. and um what are the waddle D this other guy uh yeah there's all sorts of uh different characters in there oh speaking of like weird uh non-human characters what about Blarg can't forget about him like Blarg's favorite
0: Blarg what was he from
1: Blarg Blarg was in Super Mario World. Blarg was in uh, Yoshi's Island. Blarg is like that big uh, red monster that comes out of the lava. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, what? and I, yeah. Blarg was. I mean, if you want to think of like, if you're ever looking for like weird names of stuff, like just like look up all the characters' names in uh, Tetris Attack. Like uh, Bumpty and Freeze Good. Like uh-huh. uh, love those. <laughs> <guys>. They're all <laughs> and like Ralph the Raven and like yeah, all those characters are great in that game. But it actually you actually. It actually says their names when you're them, so you know you learn like learn the names of Bumpty and Freeze Kid. It's my favorite. <laughs> Just King, names, yeah.
0: Yeah, King Koopa, his kids, and or Bowser. If you want to uh, talk about it, uh, Ganondorf, uh, is Yeah.
1: Beast form, yeah. Well, what about the uh, what about the bird the the the, the giant bird from uh, Breath of the Wild? Which, oh is, yeah. What is, I don't remember don't remember his name, but I remember his song that he would play with the accordion.
2: Okay. Oh, I know you're talking about uh, the guy that you could make happen twice if you get him to follow you or whatever, or you could push him. Remember, people would do that where they get him like to occur twice in one space.
1: Oh, oh, like you can clone him.
2: Yeah, well, basically, you would have to push him using different abilities. Like,
1: He's like it, the... took, it took a really
2: long time, but you would basically push one into a spot where the other one was.
1: Oh, no, yeah, no, I never I never got that far. But
2: No, I never did that, but I remember seeing it on online when Breath of the Wild first came out.
1: And, of course, the prince, too. The, uh, the prince. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, the,
2: one, the one everyone was thirsty for.
1: Yeah, the one that everybody loved. Like, that guy. <laughs> that, was, that was another, like, uh, non-human uh, animalish character. I mean, you could even say, like, uh, who was it? Uh, I was going to mention earlier, May from uh, Night in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. She would, it's another animal character. Even though uh, I think a lot of people liked uh, like Greg more than her. Oh, Greg, but, you know, oh, Greg was the coolest. But also an animal <laughs> character. You know, he was a bear. So
2: who was the, who was the bear? Bear was uh, not Greg, but his. are we uh,
1: I thought that was or was it Greg, Greg
2: was the wolf, and then his boyfriend uh, was the cool one. Oh, the okay. one that was even cooler, I thought.
1: Sure. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're talking about. But I, thought, I don't remember yeah. his name. Yeah, Greg was the uh, was the bad one. Was the one who wanted to get in knife fights and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I like that game, even though some people don't. I still. Oh, I, I love it. that game. It's a, and uh, and that fucking song in there, uh, "Die Anywhere Else." I think it's like one of the best songs, <laughs> in, uh, it, as far as indie indie songs go. And that's a song that will get stuck in your head forever, especially if you listen to the many vocalized versions of it that you can find on YouTube, where people actually have a band and play it like with the oh, lyrics. Wow.
2: I haven't checked that out yet it's re- it's real on YouTube
1: uh, well, you should listen to our episode that we did about night in the woods because our uh, oh, I
2: probably did hear it yeah
1: short song is a song with the with the lyrics in there, and it got stuck in my head for like months after that after I edited that one so yeah, it's fucking great, so love it
0: well, any more characters, any animals or robotic characters um that we could think of or forget or not well not forget, but like celebrate. Um, I my last one would be the ninjas in Breath of the Wild. Uh, every time they see the bananas, they go whoo 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 whoo. Like something uh-huh. <laughs> about their animation just makes me like laugh. And and the uh ghost pig in Wind Waker, where you have oh the, yeah yeah, I love him as a boss. I think well him him and the dragon. Would you get the uh? <laughs> Uh, the death, the death spin, <laughs> where you want to, oh. uh, that spin the thing. Uh, I love, well, I love that level, but uh, I love that boss too. Uh, I thought, that- I think it's really cool how they designed it into like two pieces.
1: It was a. Uh, what
2: about uh Yeah. What about the? What about the prince from uh, Katamari Domasi? That's the one I thought of. Or, uh, or what about even like what's her name? O- ometerasu how do you say it the the wolf in uh
0: Uh, okami yeah so
2: that was like if i when i originally thought we were talking about like designs and like beautiful characters like ometerasu would have been like one of my first like immediately jumped to my mind like this beautiful like
1: watercolor
2: looking wolf like existing in a 3d space and how they made that all look like that
1: I don't
2: know, classic Japanese ink slash watercolor drawings.
0: That game was so hard for me to play because I put the controller down and I would just stare at it for like minutes, Mm -hmm. just like...
1: oh yeah, Just to watch the way it moves.
0: Yeah, like, I'm like, no one has done this or hasn't even came back to do this. I mean, I understand people doing cell shade, but I'm just like, this is on a whole different level. This is the uh, eco print Kind of style and just like no yeah. one has touched that, and I'm like, I would love to see more people do, that, or
3: do mm-hmm. that.
1: Sure,
0: so well, we're gonna move on to uh, the next topic uh, the impact of Mario, you know, just Mario himself. Um, so what are your guys' viewpoints on just Mario? Like, uh, I, I talked about how uh, earlier before we recorded, I uh, want just how he's. Probably kind of represents video games in general because he's so more, he's like recognizable. People cosplay with them, you know, have different designs in their room, like bed sheets and clothing. People uh, make cakes and stuff with Mario, they have different art and comic books. And whether they're, they're dirty or sexual or they're just like really cool prints and stuff of them, Mario and sometimes Luigi, but Mario himself is just like people's interpretation about him just clicks and people just love
1: him uh, i got so, mario on my arm here i'll say uh mario uh, I, I hate this guy I, I don't want nothing to do with him I'm, I'm kidding i mean we're we're a nintendo dedicated podcast of course we love mario especially now that mario has his own character on his hat now uh cappy like that big yes. his own character as well i was thinking about that actually before you moved to mario i was thinking about all the all the interesting characters that you can become in uh, Mario Odyssey you know like there was a whole sorts of non uh, non human characters that you get into get into like the pokey one that, that we liked a lot uh-huh. and uh, I forget what the what the one that shoots the water out that's kind of like makes you feel like you're playing a uh, Mario sunshine I always like that <sighs> character. That it's a
0: then you should come back
1: yeah but i mean yeah the impact uh, i mean mario I mean, Mario is basically he's the Mickey Mouse of video games. You know, he's the video game. Whether you whether you like it or not, like Mario is. You see Mario, you know what Mario is. Like Mario is incredibly iconic. Like he is recognizable. Like you know who that is. You know, I think that even people, like parents who don't play who don't play the video games, like they know who Mario is. You know, like oh, I know that guy. You know, Mm -hmm. because you've seen him around, and he was even in the Olympics. Like when the they had in the Japan Olympics, you know, he appeared in that. So you know, he's that. Big that it's like he just uh, represents Japan and uh, games, and you know he's uh, he's his own thing. Especially now that Nintendo's uh, making a movie about him, even you know he's again gotten to that scope. You know, even though and they had a movie before, you know now a different one, of course, uh, better. He, yeah,
0: he got captured, uh, and Princess Peach uh, rescued him as using her emotions as a platformer.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: I never played that game, but
1: oh, I, I had that game. I, uh, I sold it, but I did have that game. <laughs> that that game's a whole topic in itself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you could make a whole episode out of that game.
0: Uh, you have Mario's Missing, and I think Hotel Mario also? I think there was two separate games.
2: I played, I played uh, Mario's Time Machine. I never played Hotel Mario, but I played Mario's Time Machine and Mario's Missing, which were what the hell? i am like, why am I even playing this? Like, This Educational
3: is terrible. games?
1: Yeah, I remember... Right. I,
2: it was very easy to figure out that it was educational. They they didn't hide that very well.
1: Yeah, I remember John saying that he wanted to play like he played Mario is Missing because it because the sprites looked like the Super Mario World sprites, mm. but it was, not, it was such a disappointment. It was not like that game. It's not what you think of. But uh, I mean, Mario, like the, I guess the character Mario for me, like uh, that was the first time I ever played a truly uh, 3D game was Super Mario 64, which that's still like probably in my list of, like, one of my favorite games of all time. It's just, like, because that was a game that blew me away, you know? Like, there wasn't really a whole lot of games that I'd played that would just completely blew me away, but that one did, you know? When I first played it and I first walked around in the 3D space, it was like, I had played, like, you know, I had played Doom and stuff like that, but didn't, Doom never felt like that. You know, it didn't feel as, like, free-moving as Super Mario 64 did, you know, where I could do, like, these long jumps and, you know, flip flip and jump off a wall and get up to a higher place and all that. I never felt like that sort of for, you know, so that was like holy shit, it's the future games right here.
0: I did uh play Super Mario Brothers all the way through without doing the code, without doing the cheats. So I played sure. all 32 levels and I did that for Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels when it came out of oh, wow. Nintendo. I played all levels and beat it.
1: Ouch. I guess, did you ever make it to the, did you unlock the final levels at the end? Because if you beat it like eight times or nine times, you unlock an extra set of really difficult levels. They're like A through K, I think. It's like A1, A2, A3. My brother, Nick, like, he loved uh, the lost levels. Well, he was playing the import version on Wii, like Mario 2. And he beat it, uh, he beat it like eight, nine, eight or nine times, however many did, to get the extra stuff. And uh, he got into the extra levels. I think he made it through like the D level set. Yeah. And squid quit. He's like, I can't do it. He's like, I can't do it. It's way too fucking hard. He's like he's like I got he's like I got, he's like I got it he's like I gotta walk away this game uh, I don't know why he played the game for so long I guess he liked being tortured but but you know once it got to those final levels he's like can't do it it's too hard so he so it beat him in the end at Mario two won yeah but, uh,
0: uh, um, you know Mario Kart uh, double double dash is still my fave uh,
1: well. I like that I, I like think double they, dash I think they put that number three in our uh, Mario Kart countdown true. What was your number one? What do you think my number one was? I give you a guess. I give you two guesses. What I mean? What do you... Mario Kart 8 DX. Uh, well, that one wasn't out at the time. So oh, okay. Mario uh, yeah, Mario Kart. 8. I'm, Mario, I'm. Mario Kart 8 is my number one, and uh, and Mario Kart DS is my number two. Uh,
0: what was What was the one? Uh, Mario Kart 8. Well, oh, Mario Kart 8. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: The but, The newest iteration is definitely the best. In my opinion, too,
1: Mario Kart eight is the best Mario Kart hands down. I think, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking great. I do feel kind of bad that I don't have the Switch version, but, mm. but fucking put it on sale, Nintendo. I don't, I don't want to buy, I don't want to rebuy my Wii U games for sixty dollars. Put it on sale, man.
2: Yes, I've loved having it on the Switch. I've played so much of it, even though I already own it on the Wii. I played it. I played it more on the Switch than I ever played it on the Wii U. Yeah.
0: It, it's funny, as much as people love Mario Kart sixty four. Uh, not Mario Kart 64 I'm sorry uh, Mario 64 uh, and it's a great game do not get me wrong I always prefer Super Mario Sunshine over Mario 64 I think once I played Sunshine I was just like the music this gameplay the level design I, I love taking my packet away and trying to get through this whole level in one try to get that star. Mm-hmm. just like it, it offered so much um and it just did something different now if i want to say in all mario 3d games like super mario 3d world would take number one uh mario galaxy would take two uh no sunshine would take two galaxy would take three and super mario 64 would take that would take wow oh wow Um, galaxy Galaxy 2 would take five as as great as galaxy 2 was um
1: Wow, I would put two higher than that. And I loved Galaxy Two. I thought that like was the perfection of those games.
0: Oh, it was.
1: I put it way higher than one.
0: I, I think once I once I beat all the stuff. I think I, two was a little bit too easy for me, so that's why I put it. I put it. Uh, put it lower because uh, it was just too, a little bit too easy for me. Um, the final one.
1: <laughs> Did you beat the the final a star in two? The one that you can't get hit once because I. Did that I? was a never do that's the one i could not pass so oh I that just,
0: one i never did
1: yeah um, it's hard man <laughs> it definitely gets hard i don't know that that final the final final one where you have to go through the whole thing without getting hit i just yeah. couldn't do it
0: oh. Oh. Ooh. sorry about that so we're gonna get into our last section and i kind of talked about this earlier like you know relating to a character um whether it's a favorite, something that you, somebody that you hate, uh, because it, re, it might remind you of somebody else in real life. Um, when characters connect to you by their actions, by the way their development is, um, did you find guys find that like something beautiful about them, like that you just love that? You could find a character that that you can relate to. Or that the developers developed this character so much, even if you hate them, you recognize there's something about them Just like you know, what I really, I, I just, ugh, you you get on my last nerve. But I love the fact that they created you because you was needed for this game.
1: <laughs> I just, I just thought of one while you were saying that, uh, uh Grues from uh from Skyward Sword. Like yeah. that was, oh yeah. First, but then he totally re- re- redeemed himself later, and he ended up becoming one of my favorite like non-player characters in his Zelda game. Yeah. It's great. He was totally like uh, – he was Biff, but then he was like Biff – if he, Biff was redeemed later, you know, <laughs> perhaps, you know. But he ends up becoming uh, great. And I remember like seeing a whole lot of memes of like Legend of Groose and all that out there, like people wanting him to have his own game and all that stuff. So that kind of made me remind, – remind me of that when you're talking about characters that you hate. Or one that you, that was one that I did hate, but then ended up loving once his character turn happened.
0: Yeah, uh, I know. For me, it was the dad in heavy rain. You know, the Jason. <laughs> there was just so- <laughs> uh, I. I what I love about him though it's just like I love how David Cage created that. This is your connection to your child, and this is what happens when you lose one and one is taken away. And I was making all these sacrifices, and I was just like. I, I I see where the story's going that you would do anything to get your chop back and I and for my for my gameplay I ended up rescuing my son, um in my gameplay. Yeah, so, I uh, there, there's
1: yeah, a lot too about that game. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I liked it somewhat. I mean, the controls on that is ridiculous. But yeah. uh, what what killed me about that game is the uh, the first trophy glitch. I don't know if you ever ran into that, but I wanted to try to platinum that game and I couldn't because. I could never get the trophy, the very first trophy that you get for doing all the shit at your house. Like it would never, it would never ever unlock. Even though I did those things that it asked me to do over and over and over again, it never unlocked. So that's what that game oh, killed wow. me. Up. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's an interesting character, the, the the Jason guy. Jason, I
0: know. For me, Dante does nothing. The regular Dante does nothing for me. But the Dante for DMC I I just love his attitude. Like his attitude and his design is just like how, you know, him and Virgil are working together and you know, Dante's believing that they're trying to change the world for the better, but Virgil ends up like, No, I wanna take over and Dante's just like, No, we're you know, we're not supposed to do that and just how he kicks tell in that game, like he's funny and witty but He's super cool, and it's just like I don't know. You have an attitude about you, but it's just like it's attractive to me, and mm. I I kind of like that in him as a character. How how I could relate to him? I can't, but it's just like there's something about you that I love. That Ninja Theory did a wonderful job to put into this character. It it was more than just looks. It was like the total package about Dante
2: so yeah I'll, I'll say uh i keep going back to chrono trigger i know but mm-hmm. i'll say like magus the yeah he he's cast as a villain early on and like you even see him interacting with like his minions and stuff and he seems kind of insufferable and uh eventually you like get a backstory for him you know and especially if you incorporate him in your party instead of Killing him, which you have the opportunity. Yeah. I've never killed him actually. I've always put him in my party. All the playthroughs I've done, but uh,
1: you, I mean, I don't like.
2: Like he went for he goes from being like this this villain, you know. And I mean, my first playthrough, I didn't know. Eventually, he was going to be in my party. Like it blew my mind um, that he that the main villain that the game establishes from the beginning mm. ends up being like one of your allies and. It he goes from being this annoying, maybe not so much annoying, but, you know, it's just like, I want to kill this guy. He's bad. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, I kind of understand why he is the way he is. And I really like his sister Scala. Like, she's so cool. Like Scala's pendant became so important in the game. And that was like because she exposed her pendant to the mammon machine or whatever, you know, when her mom discovered uh, Lavos. And uh, Magus's older sister ends up, you, you kind of figure out, like, you know, she was sort of, like, looking out for Magus, and he was, like, well, his name was Janice originally, but he was just, he just wanted to hang out with his cat. <laughs> and then everything went sour, and he became a supervillain.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you do. That's pretty much what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, everybody. I oh, you had anything, Trey?
1: Oh no! I was just going to say I don't know if this necessarily fits in this category, but uh, I have to I have to fit somebody in here from Dragon Quest. But one of you could you could work it in there somewhere. I guess I can relate to him, but uh, Tornico Taloon from uh, Dragon Quest Four. It's like probably my favorite character from any of those games. Ooh. He's just a guy, uh, you know. He's just trying to make it in the world, and I like how his like the beginning of his story is basically you selling weapons to people out of his weapon shop. It's pretty. Uh, it's a great great that you can do that, and you can do that for however long you want to, pretty much, and you know. <laughs> decide to leave but i could see myself in tornico you know he's he's a big guy you know he's a he's not really a warrior he's just he's just out there trying to make money for his family and all that like i can uh i can totally relate to his to his situation you know and his big guy I, and his his whole dream was just to buy his own uh weapon shop eventually you know and i oh nice uh like i always felt like the like the monsters were better designed than the characters in the Dragon Quest games but but uh tornico tolun is always one that stood out to me because he looks different than most of you know, he doesn't just look like a Dragon Ball character like most of the main guys do. You know, I know it's the same artist, so it makes sense. But, yeah. We
0: we got to complete the quota, Simon Belmont. That's it. For no apparent reason, if we don't add anything from Castlevania, probably somebody would be like, well, why you didn't do Simon Belmont or Alicardo or Victor or Dragon yeah. Look, the Castlevania series has so many characters and so many different series on on Nintendo's handheld and one on Sega Genesis. Um, and one that was supposed to be coming out on the Sega Saturn. Well, I think Symphony of the Night did come out on Sega Saturn, but I think that's only in Japan. Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: What, I, I think I you're right. I don't know what uh I mean, I know, like, Konami is, like, kind of not the greatest company right now, and they uh, don't seem to know what to do with their properties, but. I don't understand. Like Symphony of the Night is on like every system except for a Nintendo system. I don't understand like why that never made the jump, especially to, like why can't they just throw it on the Switch? I mean, it's on Xbox One. Like just put it on the fucking Switch, man. People,
2: yeah, I, I, that, I, I would buy it like day one if it came out on the Switch, and I already own it on the Xbox, but I would get it for the Switch.
0: <laughs> they probably would do the whole DS collection because there was three of them. Oh, and Phoenix Wright. Just want to throw it out there out. Soon everybody uh so before we go uh I just want to ask you guys personally uh the beauty of a character uh what what one character that you have not mentioned that you just love that you just appreciate that you're mm-hmm. you, you're happy that they created this character um what what is that one character for you I and for me I, I'm gonna I'm going to start uh, for me, it's and, and it's gonna seem kind of weird, but I, I kind of love Birdo. Birdo? yeah, Birdo? I, I Birdo's I love, awesome. I love yeah. Birdo, and I think I love love Birdo because she, uh, it's had a weird transition that it was a guy now it's a female, but I I remember just getting just hitting her or hitting it. With the eggs in Super Mario Brothers 2. But then just seeing the transformation of it. And I'm just like, you don't get that much appreciation. Because everybody's fine over your, your preference or your sexuality whatever. But I, I'm like, I just love that name too, Bertle, It's just, it's design. Just like, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're in the Mario universe. It's that, it's that quirky Japanese design that I just love. Uh, Trey, what about you?
1: Uh, a character that I haven't mentioned yet. Um, I was just looking around my room and and, and I was like, uh, Earthworm Jim. Like he was, I was a huge fan of his in high school. I mean, it's just a it's a simple story. It's just a worm that had a magical suit land on it, and all of a sudden, it became a character. Did but, you watch
0: uh, the cartoon series?
1: I did not watch the cartoon series, but okay. I played the shit out of the Super Nintendo games, and I was really really looking forward to the '64 game. But I think. It got delayed so much that by the time it came out, I didn't care anymore, and I'd either moved on to GameCube or was playing other games. But I love I love Earthworm Jim. I have Earthworm Jim two. The soundtrack on record, which is pretty rad. Nice. Uh, I used to collect those. I used to collect the toys from the cartoon series, but I never actually watched the cartoon. But I played the crap out of one and especially two. Like I thought Earthworm Jim two was like perfection as far as like weird ass games go for Super Nintendo.
0: What about you, Jeremy?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um. Uh, man, so I'm going to have to say my boy, uh, Professor Proteus from Dino Wars. Callback. I got to call back, call back to Professor Proteus because uh, that was just a game that I played a lot, and it's a very, <laughs> I don't know, it's a very niche game. I don't think anyone would say Dino Wars is a Amazing game, but mm-hmm. it just happened at a point in my life where I needed a game like that that I could play through and have a good time with. And I love Professor Proteus and finding out more about him, doing research. Uh, it was just a guy that had his research stolen from him. It's very similar story actually to Star Fox, but it happened before Star Fox. But like, um, basically, like the guy who was like the main scientist, like developed all this stuff, but then he went too far and he got exiled. But he stole the technology from this other scientist, and that's the main character of the game. That it, it's a it's a Bandai game on the original NES, and uh, Professor Proteus. I, I loved that character. He he ran around with a laser when he had to, and then when he could, he hopped into a giant dinosaur mech and kicked ass that
1: way. As yeah. foot, right? <laughs> now,
0: and uh, last but not least, I know we didn't mention anything from F and V games, but Uh, you guys will hear more about that when I get into the discussion about art, uh, with my, uh, next special guest. But I, uh, I want to let, uh, Trey and Jeremy plug, uh, their podcast again, where everybody can find them at. Uh,
1: yeah, um, we, we are, we're, uh, we do a podcast called Nintendo Main. Um, it posts every Friday, um, in the morning sometime, uh. You know, depending on what my schedule is, either like midnight or six in the morning, probably tonight at six in the morning. But uh find that on iTunes. You can find that on uh, any other podcatcher out there. It's
2: on Spotify as well.
1: It's on Spotify, too. Yeah, you can find it on there. I mean, if you Google Nintendo main podcast, you will find it because there's so many like YouTube videos that I've done of it. And like, you know, there's the Twitch channel as well, like... Uh, you could you know twitch slash Nintendo main podcast or you can go to youtube.com slash fingmater, mater f i n g m a t r you can find our video stuff as well but uh you know send us a line at an uh, main podcast at gmail.com. also you can email us there but yeah it's uh, like i said just uh, search it you should be able to find it but you know yeah. i i also i also do a um, uh i do a, a video game music show like every like ten episodes called uh WRT Radio, where I play video uh, game music and all that, and uh, we haven't done one lately. But I do a, a movie review show or spoiler cast type show with my fiance called uh, the Honey Darling Show. And We're actually we might be starting a new podcast as well, and which is not going to be announced yet. But stay tuned for that. But you can Ooh on- teaser. You can find all of it at NintendoMadePodcast.com dot com.
2: You can find me on J M A K S T A K. That's my Twitter handle. It's also my uh Instagram handle,
1: isn't that your uh, Twitch Twitch channel too?
2: That is also my Twitch
1: channel. Yep. Yeah, yeah if uh, I, you gotta try to keep it all the same, you know, my my uh, Twitter is nintendo underscore domain because I couldn't find because I could, didn't think of being like the real Nintendo main or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can find our Twitch stuff or our, our, twi- our Twitter stuff, which uh I like Twitter. It's a fun place to be. That's where you can reach out and meet all the friends, like we were talking about earlier, on the internet—the beauty of the internet—meet meet people through Twitter. It is. It is how you become friends. Yeah. Like all the Twitter people that I know, we all still kind of like our like our stuff and all that. It's <laughs> nice to get likes from like Nate and Nate and Kate and Janet and all those people that I know on there. See that they're we're all reading each other's shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you guys can find Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and other podcast apps. You guys can find me on Twitter at that retroco. You can email the show, myop2comments at yahoo.com. I want to know what you guys think of the uh, beauty of characters. Like, what is your favorite characters? What resonates with you? Who? What kind of characters do you hate? uh, what characteristics, I want to know all about that. And, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for reading this week's blogs. Uh, for next week, we're going to be talking about the, uh, beauty of art. So we're going to be talking about different styles. Um, and parties, some different artists will come up, um, and different guests, and their graphics. We'll probably be talking about with that special guest. So once again, thank you Trey, thank you Jeremy for Nintendo, do- Nintendo May. <laughs> thanks for Nintendo thank domain. you for having us.
1: Thanks for yeah, thanks for asking us to be on. Uh, we are uh, well, we love being guests on anything. So uh, yeah, thank thanks for having us. It's been a fun uh, yeah fun. we do.
2: And
0: with that, everybody, we will see you next week here on Optional Opinion, the beauty of video games. Also, check out more content at NGRradio.com and Nerds going Rogue on YouTube. Once again, this is an exclusive project on NGR Radio. So if you guys want to uh, read more and see more, go to NGRradio.com. And with that, everybody, we are out. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya.